But as I was saying, now we're live. I just find people that are interesting, that I think are interesting. Um, some are my friends. I do have, somebody told me the other day I have filler episodes where, right. um, like, if I can't find someone or I have someone, it just has to wait, and I right. really want to get a podcast, I'll just bring a friend on. Right. Yeah. You know, I've had uh, Smitty, Tom Cropper on multiple times. Um, but it is a little sport-oriented. Um, but, I mean, I really talk about anything. I yeah. try not to talk about politics because, you know, that's – you're not going to get anywhere with yeah. it. But I brought you on because I was like – this dude probably got some pretty good stories. Oh yeah, I mean, you ask no. the right questions, I've probably got a story to story to tell. Um, so, what um, what have you been doing in life lately? Well, besides the big um, the big announcement about um, you being a coach. Uh, well, um, just your day to day mundane life. You mm-hmm. know, get up, go to work come home and you know I do basketball stuff like that but that's really about it I'm probably the most boring guy you'll have, have interview you know, I, 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 no. when I found out you would do this I was super excited because I do have a lot of questions for you oh yeah so how did how did you get on at Western Brown like how did that come about right so no ties nothing with with Western and so a, a friend a friend of mine Buzz Foster from from Mount Orb. Uh-huh. He had um he had reached out and said, Hey, you know, you still interested in coaching? And this is right after I just finished up and um finished the basketball season at Felicity Middle School. Uh-huh. And so, you know, I was definitely looking to get back to the to the high school program, okay. whether it was J V freshman, varsity, whatever. I was just wanting to get back to that to that level. And so just out of the blue, and I mean we're we're friends, but we don't associate on a consistent basis, right? Okay. So so he just – I got a text, and he said, hey, you still interested in coaching, blah, blah, blah. I want you to apply for the, the varsity head coaching position at Western. I said, okay. So I sent my – he sent me the contacts. I sent in my information. And, you know, we – two weeks, a month, probably about two months go by, and I'm just like, hmm, I wonder what's happening. You know, so I just sent him a text, and, you know, I, he said, uh, they're still they're – still, um, looking they're, they're still doing the process so another month goes by and I check back in and he's like yeah they they hired somebody but are, are you willing to would you be an assistant or mm-hmm. you know what 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 do you think and you know again after that after I, you know I thought to myself about you know getting back to that level of, of, of basketball I was like yeah I definitely you know definitely want to be be up there mm-hmm. so I took I accepted the, the uh, position now, I think you told me this a couple weeks ago. You are like the associate head coach, assistant head coach. Oh, yes, but you're not going to be like JV or JV. anything. So you're like second in second in okay. charge. Yeah, yeah, so to say. So do you know the coach? I, I never met him. Um, good guy, good guy. Um, after I did meet him, his name is AJ Frazier. Okay. Um, I know he went to Princeton High School. Um, he coached at Western, I want to say about four or five years ago. Um, I know he coached that Drew Novak kid, mm-hmm. the, the star from up there. He coached him when he was a freshman. So okay. do the math, it kind of adds up, yep. right? And, um, uh, yeah, that's all I really know about him, you know, other than being around basketball and, then, you know, just being around the, 
the, the sport, I mean, it's easy conversation. You get yeah. to know one another just mm-hmm. by, you know, their insights to basketball and how they coach, how they deal with the kids and stuff like that. And he, like I said, he's, he's, a, he's a good guy. Um, do you know if he, like, played college ball or – that I'm not a hundred percent sure. Um, you know, over the over the summer, I mean, you don't get a lot of basketball kids there. You just try to have open gyms just to keep kids on the basketball court and, and stuff like that. Keep them inside the gym, and um, haven't really got to get in depth mm-hmm. with him as far as you know, just open gyms. Uh, what's the team looking like this year? Uh, are, they, are they losing a lot or? Well, when you have, whenever you lose that Drew Novak, and mm-hmm. you know, I had the first the first time we did an open gym, and he showed up. You know, he's gra- he's graduating or graduated this year or this past year, I should say. Um, but he's a big dude. Oh like, yeah, I, like I, I I've never I haven't seen him, and when you see him on TV, I mean, you could tell that he's big, but he's not huge. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So so when we was playing basketball, I was like, dude, this dude's like. Six, 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 seven. He's mm-hmm. pretty tall, but he, you know, he's kind of thin. You know, which yeah. in high school, I mean, my brother, mm-hmm. you know, Brian Grant, when he was in high school, I mean, he was a beanpole. Yep. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. he looked like a toothpick. Yep, that's how skinny he was. But then, you know, as he matured, he got a lot bigger, and that's how Novak is. He's just tall and he's kind of thin, but he's athletic. He's just got to fill out. He just got to yep. fill out, and that's what college does for mm-hmm. for for athletes. You know, I mean, high school, you kind of. You know, when you're at that size in this area, which there's not a lot of people that's going to be 6'6 six, six or, or taller, you know, you might get some 6'1", six 6'2s, six yep. you know, guys like that. But when you put 6'7 with athleticism, I mean, that's just a whole nother level. Yeah, I saw him at uh, – I watched him play at the holiday tournament. And uh, he did what he had to do. Yeah. You know? And yeah. They, I, I think they – I'm pretty sure they won it. But um, so – how many are they? Did they lose a lot of seniors, or is it like a rebuild, just reload kind that's, of thing? That's what what people are are looking at, mm-hmm. you know. And again, it, it goes back to that Drew Novak. I mean, when you have a, a talented kid come through any school, any program, you know, who's that talented, when he does graduate, they're going to oh well, you're definitely always rebuilding when you lose somebody of that caliber. So a lot of people think that we are, but when we did our, our summer program, we was down at an um, elite basketball program over the summer, had a, had like a little six to eight game season mm-hmm. down there. And, I mean, we held our own. Okay. You know, there were some times, you know, there's a lot of guys, and the thing about that is there's a lot of guys that play other sports. Okay. So, you know, when you're trying to do basketball in the spring, in the summer – I mean, you don't have your full roster that you're going to have in November, December for basketball because mm-hmm. they're doing other sports. And so kind of kids just kind of show up when they can, when they're available. And so I think it's really mis- misconstrued on, you know, what people think when they see you in the summer league. Yeah. And, but to me, I think we're going to be pretty good. You okay. know, I mean, as far as being, you know, coaching in Felicity over the last six years, you know, um, the first five years I was in the high school program mm-hmm. coaching the JV. So, you know, I know Felicity is a small school, but we had some big kids come mm-hmm. through there, you know, on the fifth year of us being there. And that was with Carson Crozier, Tate Liming, um, Jacob Arthur, um, Nate Baker, Garrett Tolby, and a lot of and, – and three, three of them got college – Scholarship. Really? Yeah. Talby's playing baseball okay. at Marietta. 
uh, Carson Crozier. He's at Mount St. Joe with um with with Nate Kratzer. Okay. He's up there. Um, who else was it? Um, maybe that was a previous year, or actually Jacob Arthur. He's going to UC, but he was only a junior at that time. You know, but they were big kids. I mean, average height was about six two six three across the board okay you know and that's pretty big for a small school mm-hmm. you know in this area um so i i think we're our kids in mount orb and western they're probably about six three six four across the board okay but these guys play football too yep so that adds another element you know, when physicality. you, yeah, physicality. So these kids are strong, mm-hmm. you know, they're not just bath, basketball athletic, but they're just like an athlete. Mm-hmm. You know, you hear that comparison. Oh, who's, who's a great athlete or who, you know, athlete isn't just about, you know, all, all you play is basketball. So you're an athlete. All you play is football. You're an athlete. So all you play is golf. You're an athlete. No, if you can play basketball, you can play football, you can play baseball, you can play golf, mm-hmm. you know, you can race car, you're an athlete. Yep. You know, you can't just be a one-sport guy and be considered an athlete, at least in my opinion. Yeah. You know, so, but, again, back to the team, uh, I, I think we're going to be really athletic. Um, we got a lot of lot of upperclassmen, a lot of juniors. I think we got about three or four seniors. I'm still getting to know the kids, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think we're going to be pretty good. All right. You kind of, you might answer my next question, but since you train kids, have, are you going to coach any kids you've trained at Western Brown? No, I haven't gotten any, any Western. There's a few kids from when we had the um, training camp or the, the basketball facility up in Georgetown mm-hmm. um, a couple years ago. Um, there has been some kids that I've, I've, I've seen the faces and said, oh, I know you. You know, where do I know you from? And it was from uh, Supreme up in Georgetown. So, But that was a couple of years ago. I haven't trained any of the, the, the upperclassmen, the kids that, that, that basically are going to be on the high school basketball team. I haven't trained any of them. But will, will I incorporate? I think um, I, it just really depends, you know. I mean, mm-hmm. I want these kids to be, you know, reach their potential. So, you know, I mean, just maybe little things that I may kind of incorporate with with, mm-hmm. with with coaching or whatnot. Um, so with your training, where do you do it now since that uh, that facility like got sold? Yeah, um, well, I do it up in Russellville, a um, little small town, Russellville, right there at the Rambler Center, the old high school, elementary, yeah. whatever you want to call it. Um, uh, it's a nice place. Um, they just um, had some some issues, so um, they're getting things fixed up. And but it's it's a nice place right there. I mean, so that's where you train yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. The Rambler Center up okay. in up in Russellville. Okay. Yeah. Uh, do you have an age limit? Uh, uh, no. I'm, I mean, really? For me, I, so I, someone they, that's about to go on thirty, they'll you know you can train them if they want to. I mean, All right. I know a guy. Basketball is just basketball. You yeah. know. I mean. In school, I mean, you're never too lear- too old to learn. Mm-hmm. And that's not just about school, college, whatever. I mean, it's life. I mean, mm-hmm. you always learn whether you're 70, whether yep. you're 20, whether you're 50. I mean, you're yep. always learning. I play on Saturdays and Sundays. And I swear, I live by this. If I could be confident in handling the basketball, dribbling, I would say I would firmly believe 
87% of my life problems would go away, would go away. because I, I would just feel confident. You know? And that's, that's, I mean, when, when people see me dribbling, I don't know what it is, but I just, I cannot keep it low. And, and, and that's what, that's what I, I, I tell a lot of, a lot of people that I do train is, you know, as soon as, as soon as people come into the gym, they want to grab a basketball and just start shooting, you know, mm-hmm. the first shot might be a half court, you know, and it's yep. just like, I look at them, I'm like, that's the most easiest thing. The easiest thing to do is is shoot the basketball. Yep. You know, make or miss, that's the easiest thing. You don't even have to look. You just throw the ball up. It's just repeti- right? repetition. Now, the, the, the 80%, I like to say, is dribbling. If you can't get from point A to point B by dribbling the basketball, then you have no chance. You know, so so dribbling to me is a is a big factor. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, there's multiple multiple ways of of getting from A to B. But like I said, if if you can't dribble, then um, like I suck at dribbling. I suck <laughs> at basketball in general. Um, but I I kind of go with what you're saying. Shooting. Are there techniques to it? Yes. Are there drills? Yes. But all it really boils down to is just get a thousand shots a day. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Like, you know, I, I saw a video or like a TikTok where some guy said he's doing this challenge where he's shooting a thousand shots a day for a hundred days or something like that. And he said, he's like, I just got 300 shots up in 30 minutes. If you can get 300 shots up, you're basically a third of the way there. Oh, yeah. Right? yeah. In 30 minutes take a five, 15-minute break, something like that, and then, you know, it should, at most, it should take three hours. You know what I'm saying? Because, right. I mean, at once you get to, like, 500, 600, you're going to get tired. Oh, absolutely. You're going to take longer breaks. You're yeah. going to be wore out. But, like, just do it. Just, you know. Yeah, I mean, the the best thing that you can do is get out there and shoot. Now, mm-hmm. there's, 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 like, a double-edged sword on that. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, people go out there and they can shoot 500, Layoff, just stand there, yep. shoot. Or they can go half court and shoot. Oh, it's a shot, right? But I think you have to take or simulate game kind of shots. Mm-hmm. You know, you can't just walk on the court and just go right there on the elbow, catch the ball, flip the ball, well, however you get the ball. You know, just stand there and just shoot. You, I don't think you could do that. I think yep. you have to, you know, add some sort of element. Mm-hmm. You know, whether you're dribbling down, you're going to do a pull-up. Mm-hmm. You know, make 50. Don't just take shots, but make shots. That's the thing. Because if you just shoot and miss, say you shoot a 1,000 shots a day, mm-hmm. and you miss 500 of them. So out of those 500, are you correcting those shots? Yep. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I mean, there's, like I said, it's a double-edged sword. So when you go out there and you shoot a 1,000 shots, shoot simulated game shots. You know, mm-hmm. going to the basket, doing your left-handed layups, make 10 of those, doing your right-handed layups, make 10 of those. Now you you have your layup being challenged. How are you going to make those adjustments? Yep. You know, so now you might have to go up and double pump and then go back up, finish mm-hmm. with the left. Go back up, double pump, finish with the right. So there's all all kinds of ways of, of getting those shots. Okay. Don't just walk out there and shoot a 1,000 shots. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. Uh, and to dribbling, like, my issue is, like, if I could just be able to dribble and not look at the ball, because pretty much as soon as I get it, head down, I can't, I can't even see you. I'm just, you know, if I, if I can dribble without looking at the ball. Yeah, you know, and, and, and so it's funny that, that you say that. So when, when I started becoming a trainer, you know, and I'm, 
you know, a, a, a trainer through um, Possible Training, Michael Lancaster. Okay. Um, in the big, in that big movie, uh, basketball movie with um, Adam Sandler. Can't think of the name. Is it just H- Hustle? Okay. Hustle. Yeah, yeah. Is that one, the one with KG? I think KG's in it. Yeah. I know he has that one dude that, that, he played from uh, Cleveland. That, that's uh, no, that's uh, Uncut Gems, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah Uncut, Uncut Gems. Yeah. Adam Sandler is in this movie, and they're, yeah. they're, they have this. Is it dude. newer or older? It's it's in the last. I want to say in the last five years or something. Yeah, in the last five years. I think I know. I, I can't. Yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. So so Michael Lancaster, he started this impossible training, and it's it really breaks down the the the, the game, not just the game. I shouldn't say the game, but it breaks down individuality. You know, on on footwork, mm-hmm. dribbling passing, shooting, like it just gathers everything and puts it in one. And then that's how I, how, how, how I you know, learn how to train better, you know. So, so when you say that you, as soon as you start dribbling, your head goes down, well, that's, that's not a bad thing, mm-hmm. you know. In order for you to learn what you're doing basketball-wise, like you have to see yep. what you're doing. So if you have trouble going through your legs – you know, why do you have trouble if your head's up and you're going through your legs and you're always losing the ball? Well, how are you going to correct that? Put your head down. And as you're going through your legs, you see where the where you release the basketball. You see where the basketball is going through your legs and you see where your your offhand is at. So now as you're going through your legs, you can see how your body adjusts. You know, you can't. I mean, if you're making an athletic move mm-hmm. and you split your legs and go through your legs, dribble through your legs, you're in, your body's going to drop from if you're standing straight, mm-hmm. straight tall, right? You're going to drop down, and now you're in a more explosive stance, right? Your feet should be a certain width apart, you know, like how sprinters, when they get in their starting position, you yep. see how they start off, right? They're down, hunched over, ready to go. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of almost like a basketball stand. So when you split your legs and you go through, your feet are a certain width. And that's how you're going to be more explosive. You know, if I'm standing like this as, or as opposed to my, sorry, my feet are a lot closer, I'm not going to be more explosive. So mm-hmm. using your eyes isn't a bad thing. And when you break down basketball film, if you're watching a game and you see somebody do a great move, and I remember back in the day, TiVo was really big. You can pause live TV, you know, rewind mm-hmm. it a little bit, yep. and you can go back. So if you stop and you see the people's footwork when they're doing that and you see their whole body movement, a lot of the time their eyes are down. Yeah. <laughs> Especially if you watch Kyrie. Mm-hmm. You know, when he's making his move, his, he's watching where the ball's going. Yep. You know, I mean, it's, it's more difficult to put the ball behind your back looking straight and and, and – catching it with your opposite hand, you know, but if you put the ball behind your back and then you turn your head to see where the ball's at, I mean, you're going to grab it a lot sooner, a lot easier. Yeah. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. So, so I encourage kids, especially when they're training. Now, I know your coaches it, at any level tells you to keep your head up mm-hmm. so you can see the floor, which is 100% true, you know, but at the same time, there's moments where you're dribbling down, your head's up, and there's a guy wide open you don't see. So you're, you're basically saying always keep your eye on the floor, but m- it, every once in a while it, just kind of look down if you got to make a move just quick. Well, I mean, it, it, it depends on the circumstance. Mm-hmm. You know, like if I'm just sitting there, if there's a guy guarding me 
right? I'm not going to keep my head down looking at the ball because I, I can't see him. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm yeah. saying? So at the, at the same time, if I'm dribbling out of your peripheral vision, you're able to see a silhouette or you're able to see where the basketball, if I'm just sitting here looking at you and I'm crossing over right in front of me, I can still see the basketball. You see what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. it just depends on what kind of interaction you're doing at the time. If I'm driving to the basket and I have to stop all of a sudden and I go behind my back, you know, hopefully my defender keeps or takes an extra step or two. Mm -hmm. You see what I'm saying? So when he takes that extra step or two and I go behind my back, right, I'm able to turn my head to see where the ball's at while he's still a foot or two away from me. And then once I gather the ball, my head's back to where, looking to where I need to be going. You see what I'm saying? In which direction. Um, so now with training kids, um, to me, you've already always seemed like a guy with patience, really laid back, relaxed. Um, do you have to have patience? Obviously you have to have it, but is it kind of frustrating when like a kid he's trying hard or she's trying hard and it's just not clicking with them, you know? It depends on that person. It really depends on that person. Um, everybody learns different. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, you may pick something up easier than the next person, you know, but yeah. do I get frustrated with that? No. Mm-hmm. No, absolutely not. And patience is definitely a key in, in anything that you that you do. You yeah. know, uh, I think you have to have that certain amount of patience to be able to, to train, especially when you get younger kids. No, mm-hmm. um, I'm a lot more patient with them because, you know, when I'm doing training high school kids, it's like, come on, you should know how to go behind your back. You should be able to, you know, if I say do a one-two step or, you know, go left foot, right foot, you should be able to do that. I mean, mm-hmm. you've been playing basketball, you know, X amount of years longer than this fourth grader, you yeah. know. Um, do you have any, like, particular particular clients that – like, not necessarily your favorite, but maybe the ones you're most proud of from, like, where they where they started and where they're at or what they're oh. doing now. Oh, absolutely. Or what they've done. Who's – how long you been doing this here? Well, since I moved back to, to Georgetown, I was in 2014, 2015, around that mm-hmm. time. Um, and then I, I started training um, – Probably about, let me see, probably about five, six years ago. Okay. Um, just one of my mom's friends that when she was working at, at, at the Georgetown High School, uh, her one of her coworkers said, hey, don't your son Brandon do some basketball? Does he do training and stuff? And so um, his name was Preston Smith. Okay. And that's where we was training now at his, um, his it's his grandparents, Daniel and Faith. Smith, um, he built the facility out there. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, when we first started, I think he was the first person that I started to train. Oh, actually, I'm sorry. Let me take that back. Nate Kratzer. Okay. Nate Kratzer. He was just finished his freshman year. Okay. Freshman year. And uh, his mom, Carrie, which I, I, I went to school with, she, I think she's a year older, but, you know, went to school with, and she had reached out to me and said, hey, would you be interested in training my son, he, you know, he plays basketball, and, you know, he's looking to put some work in. I said, oh, absolutely. 
And when I met Nate for, for the first time, like, he's a pretty big kid. He was, at that time, I just finished his freshman year. He was about 6'3", but, he, you know, he was, he was full. You mm-hmm. know, he wasn't overweight, he wasn't fat, he wasn't underweight, but he was just a thick, like a farm boy. He fit his stature he, perfectly. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. and maybe a little bit more on the, you know, muscular side, mm-hmm. muscular, bigger side, you know, but, I mean, it was like, man, okay, you okay. got to be strong. But, you know, when we first started started training, like, it was it was tough at first, you know, because. Tough you, for you? Well, it, it, it wasn't tough for me, like, when you see somebody at this size and. Or it was tough for him to kind of. I don't want to say get with the program because that sounds rude, but it was tough for him to adjust. Yeah, I think it was it, okay. it was the adjustment part. Like, I knew the kid could shoot. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't know that just by seeing him shoot shots. Haven't mm-hmm. seen him play. Haven't th- seen anything about him. But when when you when you get in the gym, you just see people shooting around. You know, he's like, okay, this kid got a good shot. Mm-hmm. You know, he can shoot the ball. So now, you know, that kind of helps me. You know what I need to work on with him getting him started, you know, dribbling was a lot. And, you know, at that size, he told me, yeah, man, I, I want to be able to dunk and stuff. And like, he could barely at that size, he could barely touch the foam part mm-hmm. of the backboard that, you know, it goes underneath, yeah. the, cover the edges and, and the little white part that goes around the yep. border of the mm-hmm. backboard. Like he could barely touch that. Really? Yeah. Yeah. And this kid's like six, three. And you know, if, if you know me, I, I've been five foot nine since I was like six years old, you know, and I'm, <laughs> almost 50 now you know so I I haven't grown a lot over the years but um one thing I could do was jump Mm -hmm. pretty well and I always said if I had that size you wouldn't know who Michael Jordan was because you knew who I was (laughs) right but that's just that's just me being a you know having that confidence in basketball and stuff but um you know after we started working and, and 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 during our training like He's come a long way, yeah. you know. I mean, he's dunking the basketball. Um, he started dunking it um, the following year, his sophomore year. Really? Yeah, started, wow. you know, said, hey, start doing this. And a lot of guys think you have to do certain or, you know, you got to do certain things or get the best training tools or, you know, it's, it's not about the tools that you use. It's about how hard you want to work, right? Yeah. So mm-hmm. just doing simple you know, push-ups, do, do 200 push-ups, you know, wake up in the morning, do 25 push-ups, you know, you get out of school, do 25 push-ups, you go to bed, do 25 push-ups, that's 75 push-ups, you know, mm-hmm. you do, you do that every day, Yep. you know, you, you, you jump, jump rope every day, yep. you know, you do calf raises every day, and you know, that's just some of the things that I've, you know, taught him to do, and next thing you know, this kid's just like, he's cocking the ball back, uh, dunking, he's windmilling, and you know, it's just amazing, you know. Mm-hmm. Amazing to see where he's come from, from his freshman year to where he's at now at Mount St. Joe playing okay. college basketball. Wow. You know, so for me, and, you know, I just actually uh, still training him um, here at the Rambler Center. And, um, oh, you still train him? Yeah, yeah. Wow. And, okay, he brought, and he brought a couple other guys over. Um, Nate Kratzer, which is uh, at Mount St. Joe University playing basketball. Um, uh, uh, Trent Hundley. He went to Eastern High School, graduated okay. about two years ago, and he's at Rio Grande mm-hmm. playing college basketball. I worked with him in this all summer. And Jaden Bradshaw from Fayetteville. Okay. Um, uh, he just graduated this past year, and he's going – I can't think of what school he's going to off the top of my head. But those are three college kids from 
the area I grew up in around mm-hmm. Georgetown, Brown County, yep. you know, that made it to that next level. Is it a big D1, North Carolina, Xavier, UC? No, but it's the next level. You know, there's plenty of levels to basketball. Okay. You know, you got high school where you got your, you know, your D1 schools like uh, uh, Moeller, mm-hmm. you know, Princeton, Taft, your city schools, which are big. You know, and then you got your smaller schools. You know, there's different divisions, different levels. And that's the same with basketball. You know, only certain people, certain kids get to that next level. Everybody doesn't make it. Yeah. You know, Mm -hmm. and when you do get to that next level at at the collegiate level, um, everybody that's on your team was their star in high school. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, so that should make you a lot better as a player. Um. Do, so what what all do you train? Are you just like a handles and dribbling? Um, are you shooting everything, defense? Yeah, or pr- just pretty, pretty much, much everything? Yeah, or? pretty much okay. everything. You know, just whatever whatever I kind of see. You know, like I go in with the game plan. It's definitely a lot of ball handling, a lot of footwork. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of footwork. And, and, and again, um, basketball isn't just dribbling up the court and, you know, doing stuff like when you have the footwork, you know, you're able to do a lot of other things, you know, get to other spots easily. You know, it's just like dancing. That's, that's one thing that, especially when I work with younger kids, you know, it's like, I'll tell them basketball is like dancing. You got to like, if you're da- if your favorite song comes on and you're um, bouncing to the beat, you're singing along, you have to be on rhythm. You have to mm-hmm. know the words, right? Like yep. if you don't, it's like basketball. If you don't know your, your, your footwork, then you're going to stumble. You're going to trip. You're going to do something that's not correct. So basketball and, and dancing and, and all of that, like, I think it's all intertwined, you know. So, again, if, 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 if your footwork isn't that great, then, you know, you're going to have trouble getting to, to locations you're trying to get to, spots, areas you're trying to get to. So when you train, do you um – you train multiple people at a time, or is it like individual? And well, do you I mean, like I, two hours a time, or is it one hour? Well, while, while I've been up here at the Rambler Center, um, I have it booked from four four p.m. to seven p.m. and I try to do it in hour increments, um, four to five, five to six, six to seven. Okay, you know, um, uh, I mean, the groups is. I mean, it just depends who shows up. <laughs> you know what I mean? Okay. Like I do groups, I do individuals. Um, but primarily groups because you, you 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 knock more out. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like you get more kids there and you you're teaching mm-hmm. pretty much. Um, when you uh, now that you're at the Rambler Center versus the old facility, which one do you like more? Oh, of course, the old facility yeah. and the 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 thing about that supreme. The thing about that is like um, when 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 I started when we started out there. Like, it was just your typical farm building. Mm-hmm. Daniel had nothing but farm equipment in there um, and just put up a hoop. Yep. You know, and when he put a hoop up there and he put a concrete pad in there and drew an outline of the, you know, the free throw line, the three-point line, stuff like that. So, you know, when, when I started training Preston out there, that's all it was, mm-hmm. you know, and – then basketball season would get there, like that was during the summer. 
Yep. You know, it's hot. There's no AC. We just had had those big ass fans that they yep. have. You know, blowing everywhere. Um, then you know, winter comes. Then it was like, okay, you still want to train? It's it's like 20 degrees out there, <laughs> you know. But he he did it, you know. And that's one thing. What that showed me what kind of kid he was. You know what I mean? Like we're out there in in December, and we're still putting up shots. But we got those big floor heaters, those bullet heaters, mm-hmm. and we got all kinds of heat out there. But it's still 20 degrees. Did uh, did Preston? Did you say if he went anywhere, he went to college? Well, or? well, Preston, he's a, he'll, he'll be a senior this year okay. in high school, and um, he ended up leaving Georgetown, like after his eighth grade year, and went to Immaculate Heart of Mary. Is that when it got when that property got sold? No, no, oh, okay. property just got sold about two years ago. Okay. So when when Preston was a eighth grade, from his eighth grade to his ninth grade year. That's when we had just the concrete pad in there. Okay. Right, and the hoop hanging from the rafters. Um, then he goes off to Immaculate Heart over his freshman year. Um, and then Daniel was like, hey, let's – I think I'm going to uh, enclose it, add some heat in here. So I was like, cool, great idea. It'll be mm-hmm. a lot warmer. So and then his freshman year, I think he went from there, he went to another, another school. I'm trying to think of – Somewhere off a, of, off a of Beachmont. Okay, like Turpin Anderson. Um, I think it was another one of those Immaculate Hearts of Mary. I can't think of the name it, right uh, now. McNick. No, what McNick? Okay, but it, uh, I can't think. And so he did the Immaculate Heart of Mary like his eighth grade. Then he did another one his ninth grade. And then after that, he went. Um, he's at Moeller right now. Oh, okay. Yeah, huh. and uh, he's he, doing pretty good. Yeah, though. yeah, he's at Moeller. Um. And a couple years ago, when they closed the uh, facility, they moved up to like Lebanon. I think um, yeah. still try to stay in touch with them. Is he getting any looks or? or I haven't it? haven't really spoke okay. to him. Like I reached out to him just you know see, but I'm sure they're busy, you yeah. know. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, whenever you're at a school like Moeller, I mean, you're you're constantly getting looks. Yeah. Now, what you particularly? What makes you the most proud or makes you feel the best that you train a kid that um needed training you know what i'm saying Mm -hmm. um and then he ends up getting a college offer or um like what 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 makes you happy that you're doing what you're doing besides i i know you love doing it but like what what makes you like man that's it That, that that that's why i do it is, oh, I'm taking this kid from, you know, he's kind of got it, but now he's he's really got it, or she. He, you get what I'm saying? Yeah, you get what no, I'm asking? Absolutely. And, and I think my biggest gratitude has been, you know, seeing Nate Kratzer. Mm-hmm. You know, knowing that when we first started working together, where he's came from. Okay. You know, I think that, to me, and it's nothing against anybody else that I've trained, you know what I mean? But at that particular moment, you know, and it wasn't like I just got back here and like I've been training my whole life, you know, after high school and, you know, my last 20 years I've been in the workforce, you know, doing, you know, my nine to five, what an adult should be doing, mm-hmm. right? Um, but I've always, always played basketball, always played sports, even at this age today, you know, 
Um, but seeing me start to train, mm-hmm. you know, not just where he's gone, but where I've gone as a trainer, you know. Okay. Um, seeing Nate get from that point to being at, at, at Mount St. Joe's and being really, and I just even asked him this question the other day. He's like, I was like, Nate, I know you've been, you did your first year of college. Um, I, I, I'm always keeping up with you and, you know, following your 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 gains and your stats and stuff like that. I mean, what what is it that you need to work on or, or stuff? And um, you know, the first year was all it's always rough mm-hmm. for 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 kids individuals. Um, you know, and after that, um, he just wanted to get better. So with him getting to that point and and saying, like, you're the only guy that I've ever, you know, trained with outside of, you know, being with my high school coach and being with my college coach for that year. Like, you're the only guy that I ever worked with outside of, you know, my, my sports. And, I, you know, that made me even more proud, being that he's got from this kid in high school that I don't think he got a lot of time as a freshman, you know. And, again, I just got back to there, didn't know who he was, until his mom reached out to me and said, mm-hmm. okay, hey, Carrie, how you, you know, I knew who she was. And when, when I met him, just a great kid, great athlete for, for that. Mm-hmm. And just seeing him get there. Okay. And, you know, his thing was, you know, I, I got a lot of time, you know, as a freshman, you know, wanted more, but I got, got some time. Now I want to be a starter. Okay. And, you know, that's, that's where my thing was working with him this offseason was like, let's – work on our handles and let's work on game simulated shots and, you know, things that's going to actually happen. Let's just not shoot a thousand shots. You know Uh, what I mean? Okay. All right. So now I kind of want to talk about your glory days. Mm -hmm. Um, Because what fascinated me with you was uh, I was like probably around Christmas. I was over at your mom's and you were looking at your old books and you were like, you know, (laughs) you were saying, oh, look at this. Look at that, man. I had 20 here, 10 here. And I'm like, that that that's that's pretty good because I mean, yeah, you can get a thousand assists or you know a thousand rebounds, but I mean, you were saying like, you literally pointed to it and you're like, I got 15 assists that game, I got seven steals here, and I'm like, nowadays you just see like kids getting maybe like averaging maybe like four, but like for you to average like consistently get like seven and so now I've always heard a rumor that you were just like any other teen you know heathen um of course. yeah like you know you like you know how teens are they know everything oh, yeah, absolutely. so did you play all four years no it's, okay. it's, it's funny like um you know my freshman year I, I thought I should have been up there with mm-hmm. the varsity and, and it it wasn't my brother's senior year, but yeah. it, it was like my cousin, his senior year. And, again, my mindset is like, I know I'm way better than any of my cousin. I'm better than him. Um, any other point guard that you have on that team, mm-hmm. as a freshman, I know I'm better than yeah. I know. And, and side note, the, the the heathen thing, that was just a – Oh, that, no, no. Just no. honoring, you know. Yeah, so. yeah. And, and so my freshman year, I just played – Freshman basketball, JV basketball, mm-hmm. you know. And then my sophomore year was my first year as, as a varsity basketball player. So, in actuality, I only played two and a half years of varsity basketball. Okay. Two and a half years. Okay. Um, 
So, were you getting looks? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, there was a, a, a camp that I think my sophomore year was kind of like my defining year. You're going into your my, sophomore yeah, year? Going okay. to, yeah, going into my sophomore year, um, being a varsity player. So, over that summer, um, from I think it was fresh. Was I already a sophomore? I think I was already a sophomore. So okay. basketball, no, freshman year just finished. So I'm going into my sophomore year. So that freshman summer, I go to this basketball camp, five-star basketball camp, mm-hmm. which is like the world's greatest basketball camp. Okay. Like, I mean, guys from Patrick Ewing, Michael Jordan, Vince Carter, like any and everybody went to that camp during their time. It yep. was, um, at the time, it was ran by Har- Howard Garfunkel, I believe was his name. And he had passed away some some years ago. But it was one of those camps in that particular year. It was held at Robert Morris College, which was, I want to say it was in Pennsylvania. It's on the outskirts. I'm not 100% sure. But I know it was at Robert Morris College. And I drove down with uh, uh, my brother was at Xavier that year, still at Xavier in college. And I went down with a coach from Princeton. And we drove down in the car and, you know, went over there. And it was, I mean, I met some of the amazing people. I mean, just the, the basketball there. I mean, there's kids from uh, Virginia. I mean, just all over. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, there was a couple kids from, they ended up playing college basketball. Andre Patterson, he went to Indiana. This one big kid, Jahidi White, I forget where he went, but he made it to the NBA. And it was just like, wow, some of those guys I played against in in, in high school, you know, at this basketball camp. But for me, I think that was my big moment was getting there uh, my sophomore year. Um, not only did I go to that basketball camp, there was a, um, a book that came out. I don't think they publish it anymore. It was called Who's Who's in Sport? Who's who in sports, the Ohio edition, and I made that, made that, and it's only like top one to one to three percent really? of athletes wow. in, in high school throughout the state of Ohio, and um, yeah, I was able to get in there, and it was really exciting at that time. So, who, um, did you get any, like, official offers? Did any, like, you know, any recruiters, like, come and say, like, you know, Division One, Two, NAIA? Well, again, there's there's and always going to be an asterisk next to next to me, because like I said, because the height, you know. Well, no, were you taller? We wouldn't know who Michael Jordan is. Exactly right. Well, no, like I said, um, freshman year I played JV. My sophomore year I was, I was in the varsity, and then my junior year, you know, I'm like excited when you know I played my junior year, and then my senior year I had some issues with the with a teacher, and you know, pretty much he. Um, he he made me ineligible my senior year. Ah. So that's why I only got two and a half years my sophomore and my junior season okay. in, in Georgetown. And like I said, me and this particular teacher, we didn't get along. And, you know, school had already started and classes was already set. So I couldn't drop or change classes. Uh, Do you see okay. what I'm saying? So if yeah. I would have dropped her, it was already, already after the fact that here's your classes, they're set. Mm-hmm. You know, and I took this particular class. Um, teacher and I didn't always get along. I wasn't like a troublemaker, yeah. but, you know, I don't know for what reason. 
you know, wow. I tried to do everything I could to, to, to stay eligible, but, you know, he felt it was, he had the power and, yeah. you know, he made me ineligible. That's why I only got two and a half years of varsity wow. basketball. But within those two and a half years, I was able to score a thousand points and, you know, really? get into the Hall of Fame and stuff like really? that. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Two and a half years. So imagine if I would have got my whole senior year. So I, I did not want to ask that question. Like, well, what what if you would have got? I oh. mean, where do you do you think you would have went to college with? Oh, it? absolutely, absolutely. And I, I did go off to college after that, but I think you know, looking back on it, like it really affects affects you. Mm-hmm. You know, being that I think as a as a teacher, as an adult teacher, um, teaching kids how to become a better person, making sure that, you know, in school that they're, you know, doing what they're supposed to do. I think personally, like, I don't think he looked out for the best interest Mm -hmm. of of at least me, but those are my opinions, my thoughts. Mm -hmm. You know, there's other, other, teachers that go above and beyond to, to help you. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, you know, I tried to do extra work. I tried to do extra. You're saying he could have put a little bit more effort. Well, absolutely. Like absolutely. You put in. Yeah. You put in what 80, do I need put, to do mm-hmm. to, to make sure that, you know, I stay eligible to, to, to play? And he gave me stuff, and I did it. Mm-hmm. You know, the, if, if I had to get 100 on here, 85. You see what I'm saying? So yeah. it's like you're really going to – yeah, I, I I've always said like, if if someone just if I can tell someone's putting forth the effort, thank or, you. Like, I I I always I told my, I was telling my brother this, like, unless you're like borderline Hitler or a pedophile, people will. There are two um, two traits that you need that will make you undeniable. You can be the mm. biggest asshole in the world, right? Um, but if you and um. Two of them kind of go hand in hand, but effort yes. and, and work ethic. Absolutely. Right? And Absolutely. then, I mean, if, if you have a good work ethic and you put forth the effort, you will go places, like, you'll, you'll just be undeniable. Oh, absolutely. Like, th- that's the goal. Like, just become undeniable. Like, you know, oh, well, this person doesn't like me because of this, or I didn't get that job because of this. Right. You didn't get that job because you weren't you undeniable. Right. If you do everything you can do and – like you put forth the effort and you have great work ethic and you have good discipline, they cannot deny you. Right. That's just simply it. Yeah. And like, if you believe in your heart of hearts, that was it. Then that, that teacher must have had a personal. Yeah. Big and that's, issue. that's what I think, mm-hmm. you know, I could be wrong, but he didn't show me anything different. You know, if, 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 if you see, and it goes back to basketball training. Like if you see a kid struggling and struggling at doing a particular drill, like, are you, are you going to discourage them? Are you gonna take a little bit extra more time to make sure that they are understanding mm-hmm. what they're what you're asking of them in yep. that particular drill? And that's the same thing with with, with at that mm-hmm. th- that time in school is like, what do I need to do? Okay, here I'm doing it, I did it, you know. And I think the the bottom thing bottom line was like he he failed me from like three points or something on a, on, a, on a test, so. Yeah. You know that that was one like you. I think you get a couple of regrets in your lifetime, yeah. and that that was one one regret. And I always look back as like, I mean, what else could I've done? 
Yep. You know, could could I've done more? I, I, pro- I probably could have done some more, but did I put forth all the effort I thought I had at the time? Absolutely. Like when you love basketball, love the sport, like mm-hmm. I do, like you did what you could, you know. And basically, saying to me that my best wasn't good enough, you know. Where would you have went, or where would you want to go? Well, at that time, like my biggest thing was, oh, I was I was definitely going to going to Michigan mm-hmm. because I like the 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 Fab Five. Is that is that argument? Yeah, the something this one just cut out on me. This side, yeah. Y- you can't hear me. I can hear you in this one. Okay. Um, no, I can't hear you at all. Hmm. At all? Nope. Nothing. Um, try to try. Yeah, push that up. Okay. Is oh, that, okay. That oh, I didn't know I clicked. That. Okay. Okay. Yeah. We're good. We're good. You might just bumped it or something. Yeah. Um. So now, what were you saying? Oh. Uh, at that time, like, if let's say everything ran perfect my senior year, because I, I started the season off, I was just looking at the <laughs> looking at my, my, my scoring books, and it was like 30, 25, 18, 10, 28, 30, you know, in a half a season. You know, that's when I, my, I got my 1,000 points. And, uh, but I was definitely going to Michigan. Uh, really? Yeah, I was definitely going to Michigan at that time because you had the Fab Five and what was that? Uh, Ninety three, Chris Webber, Jalen Rose, um, Jimmy King, Jawan Howard, and Ray Jackson. Now, and those were five freshmen uh-huh. that went to college and was five starters and went to the national championship their freshman year and got back. Uh, I think they fell just a game short against Duke mm-hmm. um, their following year, but. That was at that time. It was unheard of. Yeah. So they started. They would have graduated college or been done by the time you would have graduated high school, right? Um, no, they would have actually. W- would you have played with them? That's what I'm asking. Had you went to Michigan, um, or, or would they have already been gone? I've, well, if they would have stayed four years, um, I think I'd have been able to get there okay. with them. Okay. I'm, I'm not a because Chris Weber was a draft in '93. Yep. Mm-hmm. He was the number one in '93, and I think he was only a sophomore. I'm not 100 percent sure. Yeah. I think he was a sophomore. So '93, '94. You know, that's when out of he might have been getting just out of there. Yeah, it was. It, I think it might have been like how my brother was like. When he was a freshman in college, I was a freshman in high school. Mm-hmm. So it was like always those four years. I think that might have been. But what really actually put me on the Michigan was 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 Glenn Rice. So when they won it in 85. Wait, wait, did Glenn Rice, did he, was he the overall number one pick or was that Glenn Robinson? That, that was did? Glenn Robinson. Okay, okay. Yeah, he yeah. went to, Glenn Robinson I think went to Purdue. Yeah. Mm-hmm. To Purdue, yeah, yeah okay. and then got drafted to the Bucks. But Glenn Glenn Rice, he he was he went to Michigan, and I still remember this one play. It was Glenn Rice, Ramil Robinson, Rod Higgins. Those were the guys that, on that particular team. And this point guard at the time, Ramil Robinson, he drove. I think who was they playing? Was it North Carolina? I'm not a hundred percent sure, but he drove baseline and just came up. And this was a small guy. He was probably like. You know, at that level, you know, small is like six one, six two. Mm-hmm. You know, and he was a point guard, and he just drove baseline, came up underneath, and reverse dunked. And I was just like, "That's where I'm going." 
Yeah. That's a small guy right there. You know, I, that's where I'm going. And then when you seen watch Glenn or Glenn Rice, like I mean, he was just amazing. Yeah. You know what I mean? He was he's the amazing guy to watch, and even showed it in in the in, in the NBA as well. So I was definitely going to Michigan. I was definitely going to Michigan if things would have worked out. But, um, yeah, it it is kind of crazy. Just to not to get too philosophical, but it was crazy to think like just one little minor thing in in your life, my life, anyone's life, had it just changed. Like, had you done like the smallest thing? How would your life be now? Oh, absolutely. You I know? mean, it it just changed so much and. Where would I have been, you yeah. know? I mean, if I'd have went off to college and played basketball and, you know, would I had a chance? I, who knows? I mean, I always say in my head, of course, yes, I'm just that good. But, you know, realistic. In reality, it's like, you know, still from a small town and there's probably a million of you, yep. you know, out there in the mm-hmm. world. So. I, uh, I remember um, my senior year, and this is one, this is kind of one of those moments where I wish, like, had I just took the initiative right then and there, um, it was uh, Mike Jennings. He was the uh, teacher for mm-hmm. um, weightlifting. And at the beginning of the year, I can't remember if I've told this story uh, on the podcast or not, but if I have, the listeners will just hear it again. So it was in the beginning of the year, my senior year. I was overweight. I was like probably close to 300 pounds. And eh, in between like 250, 300 mm. And we did for weightlifting the first week. We um, we just kind of did like a test run, like uh, do bench press, run yeah. a mile, do push ups, sit ups, and everything. And we all wrote it down. And then we did it in the middle of the year again. Yeah. And then we did end of year just see where we see were where at. We're at. Absolutely. So, um, we're doing uh, we're doing push ups, and we're we're out in the hallway, uh, and we had to partner up not for the push ups, but we had to partner up for like a like reverse at or. Reverse sit-ups, sit-ups, crunches, all that. Mm-hmm. And everybody got a, a partner, but I didn't have a partner, right? And the point w- the point of the partner was to just, like, hold down oh, the legs right. when they do the sit-ups and stuff. And I didn't have a partner. So, uh, you know, Mr. Jennings, he was the one conducting it. And, like, um, he was like, all right, everybody get ready. And they, like, walked over to me, and I didn't have anybody. So he just, like, put he, he put his foot on my ankle. And yeah. not to, like... He was just doing it to hold the weight down. Right. And, you know, he's like, all right, begin. And, I, you know, I'm doing the sit-ups and, like, you know. And you ever see, like, one of those cartoons where, like, the villain's overlooking the camera and he's smiling, kind of like <laughs> yeah. Hades yeah. and Hercules yeah. where he's, like, smiling. And I'm just, like, I'm doing the sit-ups and he's, like, pressing down on my ankle. And he's like, somebody's going to get in shape this year. And, <laughs> like, I always think of that because I was like, How do, what if I had just – took the initiative and been like, yeah, I do want to get in shape. You know, you just got off losing this, all this weight, mm-hmm. you know, and that could have changed everything. Cause I wanted to go into the Navy. I couldn't go cause I was overweight yeah. later on. A couple years later, I lost the weight and then I eventually went in, but like, how would that have changed my trajectory in life? Yeah. You know, now do, do I sit up every night thinking about it? No, no I don't, but right. there are some times where I'm like, hmm. yeah, what could have been. Yeah. Well, what could have been, but you know, that that'll just drive you insane. So I try not to. Think yeah, about it. yeah. I do particularly remember that moment and that whole that whole class. I just wasted it the whole year. Yeah, and, and like uh, I said, there's there's a couple. I said there should be you know no more than three regrets in a lifetime. Yep. You know no more than three. You 
That's so, a good. And I, I I hate when people say, "Oh, I live with no regrets." You're telling me your life is absolutely perfect, and you've never had any. You never wish you would have done something different, right? Yeah, yeah. You're, you're, I mean, you're lying. Yeah, like there's there's regrets. Regrets poison, but at the same time, you you need it as fuel. Oh, absolutely. Because so. if, if if you don't regret something, then that means you just do it again. And you know, mm-hmm. are you going to learn? Yeah. Are you going to learn if? And I've learned from that that one regret in high school. You know what I mean? Like now, like I just. I'm really diligent at, at what I do, you know, paying bills on time, yep. um, getting up, going to work on time, um, the way that I speak to people, you know, like that one particular instance in school made me think, look at other things yep. totally different, yep. you know. So it was bad, but it was also good, yeah. you know, it was, you know, live and learn. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. At the time, it was like, you know, there was – crazy thoughts going through my yeah. mind at the time as a teenage high school kid, yeah. mm-hmm. you know? And so looking back on it, it's just like, yeah, I probably could have done a lot, a lot more. Mm-hmm. But at the time I thought I was doing everything that I could, you know what I yep. mean? But that's just the old me versus the young me, Yep. you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so high school's over. Did you, Kirsten Mai told me this. Did you move out? Did you follow Brian? Or did you go to college out there maybe or something like that? Well, after after high school, after I graduated, I did go up to um, a little small college up outside of Toledo called okay. Owens Community College. Um, so I went up there, and I, and I did a year up there. And, you know, again, as a, as a teenage kid being a – high school star at your school, you always have that that thought in your head, like, yeah, I'm the I'm the shit, pretty much. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But again, just like I told you earlier, you know, when you go from high school basketball to a college basketball team, no matter what level it is, everybody on that college basketball team was the star in their yep. high mm-hmm. school. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And and I thought when I was up there, I thought I was you know, playing really well. You know, when he gave me my my times, because again, Georgetown, Ohio, Georgetown Junior Senior High School. Nobody knows where that's at. You know, at that exactly. time, it was a lot smaller than what it is. You know, mm-hmm. probably Georgetown had probably less than three thousand people, less than twenty five hundred people at that time mm-hmm. back in the nineties. You yeah. know, so when you have a small school and you, you you're going to college with these other kids, they come from the city of Detroit, they come from the city of Louisville, you know, they come from bigger cities, you know, I mean, they kind of get the, the attention more than the smaller, smaller yep. you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But at the same time, like I was working my butt off and, yep. and I thought I was, you know, producing when you gave me my time, I took advantage of it. Yep. You know, and then so, you know, throughout the course of the year, I just didn't feel like the coach was giving it to me. You yeah. know, even though, like, there the guys, like, we had a tournament. Uh, I forget where it was at, but it was Owens, Cleveland State, Cincinnati State, um, some small schools like that in the tournament. And I thought I played really well. I think we got runner-ups, and, you know, in the time that I in the – 15 minutes that I was getting, like, I produced, you know, average, like, six points and, mm-hmm. you know, three steals and, you know, four rebounds in a matter of 15 minutes, you know, and it's not just 15 straight minutes. It's 
two, three minutes here, four minutes here, you know, it adds up. And I thought I played really well, you know. But, again, I didn't get the, 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 the recognition that I thought I deserved. So then I moved out to California. And this was probably B's first year out okay. there. He just did his rookie season out there. And then I go back out there basically his sophomore year. And, um, <coughs> excuse me. Went out there and just, you know, got a job, you know, tried to do some more basketball, um, went into school. But at that at that particular time, it was like, you know, I, I think I'm a man. You know, I call myself a man. I yeah. graduated. I'm 18. I'm 19 years old. Of course, I'm an adult, you know, but no, I'm a man. So I want to get out there and, you know. I've never been the type, even though my brother was in the NBA and I'm living with him and, and, and stuff like that, it always, not embarrassed me, but I couldn't say, hey, hey, brother, can, can I borrow some money? I didn't have a job, so yeah. I couldn't borrow money because mm-hmm. I couldn't pay it back. Or I hated asking for money to go hang out with my friends. Yeah, You see what I'm saying? So. I just stopped going to school out there and found me some little ins and ins and out jobs. And then I started working for at the arena where the Kings played. Yeah. Set up for the basketball, um, set up for Disney on ice, set up for indoor soccer, hockey. So it was that whole, um, the arena wasn't just for the Kings. It Mm -hmm. was for that arena. So whatever came through, we, you know, we set up for, so I I lived out there in Sacramento for about eight years. Really? Yeah. Eight years. Okay. So you like you were out there after when he went to Portland. And yes, stuff. Okay, yes. Okay. So he was there three years, and then you know I was probably there two to three years while he was there, and then he ended up going to Portland. I stayed in Sacramento. He stayed in Portland. Um, constantly go up there. I mean, it's eight hour drive, mm-hmm. and six to eight hour drive, two hour flight. Mm-hmm. You know, so I'd go up there. Quite often, and then after he left uh, Portland, he went down to Miami, and I still stayed in, in in SAC, and then you know just I felt like I was at a stalemate. Yeah, you know, didn't know what I was doing, didn't know what I wanted to do, you know, just kind of at a stalemate. I wasn't progressing. Mm-hmm. So you know, 2001, I moved down to Miami. Okay. So. Okay. Um. So. Being the brother of an NBA player, um, like, did you go to a bunch of games or? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, like. Absolutely. <laughs> I mean. I mean, those were the perks, you know what well, I mean? See, I th- I think it would be like, yeah, that's a perk, obviously. But at the same time, it's like there are so many games throughout the year that, like, did you go to all of them or as many as you could? Now, you probably went to literally every single game when you worked at the stadium. Because well, that's that's funny because it was like a third shift. So when you worked there, you worked after the game. You worked, yeah. You mm-hmm. come in from eleven to seven, you mm-hmm. know, ten to seven hour lunch, and so that's when the place is closed. So whatever's going on the following day or following, you know, the next event that's coming in there, we'd have to tear down mm-hmm. and then set up. Yep. Um, at that time, so. It just really depend depended on you know how my day was you mm-hmm. know because it was going to be a two hour game mm-hmm. you know so was I ready to be there for two hours and then stay for another eight hours after that you know so I didn't go to all the games because I worked there I mean I went to as many as I could 
out um, there and sat. Did you uh, did you sit courtside? Did you sit really good seats? Oh, did you sit was, in the suites? No, they was great seats. I mean, it was probably um, wasn't courtside. It was probably like 10, 10 rows behind the uh, home team bench. Okay. So I mean, it was good. It was where all the wise family members sat. Okay. Because I swear, um, I see. Um, have you watched Quarterbacks on Netflix? I haven't watched it yet. Okay, it, it's pretty good. But um, I, I see all these, like, uh, and not just in quarterbacks, but I see all these uh, athletes, they'll let their family come to the game. And I see them, um, especially like Marcus Mariota, he's one of the quarterbacks in there. And it shows his wife. And from what I see, she's like sitting up in the rafters. And I'm like, now Patrick Mahomes, his wife and their their family, they're sitting in the suites. And yeah. I'm like, that, that, that's what you do. Like, I remember Joe Burrow's family, like, sat somewhere. Now, maybe the, the away games might be different because, you know, the away team's not going to let right. another team member's – the opposite team member's family sit in the suites, right? Right. But, like, what I'm getting at is if I were in that situation, my family would be – like they'd be taken care of. They, you know, they'd either sit courtside or they sit in the suites. You well, know, but well, now, now you can correct me if there's a certain. Yeah, because you got you got to think. You know, it's it's entertainment. Yep. First, it's entertainment. So the players get plenty of perks. You know, if you make it to that level, mm-hmm. I mean, you get plenty of perks. You get um, at that particular time. I know every player got. Four home, four four tickets for home. If you needed more, you could always ask, and you can get more. But as like a standard, here you get four tickets. Really? Know? Yeah, yeah, for wow. each individual. So that's why you have your 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 family section. Okay. Now, you know, unless you're a LeBron James, a Jordan, a Kobe, mm-hmm. or something like that, I mean, you're not going to get courtside. Yeah. Courtside tickets. I mean, those go for thousands of dollars. Yeah. You know, and if not one individual, unless you're those some of those people that I just named, they're not going to get those seats. Mm-hmm. You know, there's kind of like a, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like a standard that you get your four seats. So in the, when you're at a, at home, they're behind the home team. Mm-hmm. But when they're on the road, when the home team goes on the road and, and there's visitors, then those seats go behind the visitors' bench. Okay. So it's like a code of ethics throughout the the whole league okay here's your family area here's your family area okay you know for for basketball um and the same thing with the suites those are primarily for you know you got not just the players but you got the head coaches assistant coaches then you got the gms you got the president you know you got all those people now those are the guys who get the suites and if you do see athletes and family members sitting up there that's who suite they're in yeah yeah because i I was thinking like why would they, you know, like, you're the star player. Why are you letting your family sit just in some random seat, you know, put put them – so that 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 explains it. Yeah, then. yeah. But well, now, any other sport may be different, you know. I know at least with, with basketball uh, in the 90s, you know, then, I mean, they may have changed now, yeah. you know, because there's just so many stars, you know. Yeah. So many stars. It wasn't – like when I was growing up, like you just had your typical stars, your Jordans, Barclays, Ewings, you know, Kobe's. Now, mm-hmm. like, you got a star who's the last man coming out sitting at the end of the bench, mm-hmm. you know, and it's all from social media. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, so. 
I think it's funny because when I was like leading up to this interview, I was thinking, man, if I talk to him about his brother being in the NBA, how's he going to take that? Is he going to be humble about it? Oh, like, like, no, and, and not, not you. It's, it's like, is he just going to be humble about it? Like, yeah, it's cool, but this. And then I was like, so did you go to a bunch? Well, hell yeah, I went to well, a bunch of games. Of course. Game. I mean, yeah. I, and I met some amazing people. Who was the coolest uh, player you met? And were you ever like a, was it just a meeting or did you ever form a relationship with? Yeah, and I'd, I'd say, like, Glenn Rice. Uh-huh. And, it, and it's funny, like, I told you some stories earlier about me being in school. Where was I going to go? I was going to go to Michigan. Why? Because Glenn Rice and the Fat Five. Like, when my brother went to Miami, Glenn Rice was living in Miami. Okay. At the time, right? Mm -hmm. And so him and my brother became, you know, good friends. And I met Glenn, you know, through my brother and hung out and I kicked mm -hmm. it. And I went and golfed with Glenn Rice. Okay, cool. You know, and like been to his house, know his kids, mm -hmm. you know, met his wife at the time. Like Glenn Rice is probably one of my favorite people that I met, but probably, probably like my best friend is Shannon. He, he lives out in Sacramento. I met him when I moved out mm -hmm. to Sac. He moved out. His cousin is Corliss Williamson, which played basketball at Arkansas. Okay. Um, back in 1995, Arkansas won the championship okay, yep. with Nolan, Nolan Richardson, the head coach. And so when Corliss got drafted, he got drafted by the Kings. He was like kind of like a Barkley, strong, big, athletic dude, but undersized. You know what I mean? Yep. And that was Corliss. And so he got drafted there. And moved right across the street from where my brother lived. I mean, right across the street. And so his, his best friend, well, my best friend was his cousin. And it's mm -hmm. like, I mean, I've hung out with Corliss. I mean, we partied together. I mean, that's probably one of my favorite favorite guys. Have I, have I stayed in touch? No. I mean, yeah. we're not like that. But through, through mm -hmm. my best friend, you know, I yeah. always ask about him and stuff like that. And like I said, I mean, Corliss Williamson, Glenn Rice, you know, he's he's cool. He's one of my favorite players. Um, Eddie Jones used to yep. hang out with him and and his brother, Eddie House. He played for the yep. for the Heat. Yeah, hung out. I think I still have a picture of the '04 Heat team, like you know, one of those like. Oh yeah, yeah. I th and it's I funny, like I just got some uh, somebody just posted something. Something popped up, and it had. Um, the Heat was my brother, Brian Grant, Lamar Odom, Karan Butler, D. Wade, and Eddie Jones. And it's like, mm -hmm. man, these guys was fun to watch. And that was around yep. that 2004 yep. Heat team and stuff like that. Um, now, you said that every NBA player gets, a, gets four tickets to every home game. Do they get anything for away games or? Like yeah, yeah, they, they okay. get, I, I want to say they get two. Now, is that through, like, when Brian played for the Kings, does he get that through the Kings, or does do they work well, out a plan they, with the opposing team? Yeah, with the opposing team. Okay. Like, they're saying, like, okay, here, here's your family members' mm -hmm. tickets. Okay. You know, so you're, you got 15 guys on the team, there's 30 tickets and for family members. Okay. Immediate family or however you want to put it, and those are going to be right behind the, the, vis the basketball okay. team. Okay. Yeah, yeah, that, that – I was kind of confused earlier when you were saying, like, here's a family and here's a family. Yeah. Um, now, is that the same with playoffs, or is it a little different during playoffs? Because no, it's it, was, it was pretty much, the, pretty much the same. So, were you, were you there game seven uh, against um, the Lakers? 
Western Conference Finals? No, because that was in Los Angeles, okay. and I was I was in SAC, and I I couldn't I couldn't get there. Believe yeah. me, I, I wanted to be there, but I couldn't. Oh man, I, I couldn't I get there. Wow, I think about that game a little bit. Oh, I, oh, I know, I know. I mean, it was. I mean, they're right there. I mean, yeah. just that whole season, it, it was those two teams. Yeah, and, and, and they would they would have killed they would have killed the Pacers. They would have yeah. won. Oh. Whoever won that series would have won yeah. the finals. Yeah. But um And and they did, the Lakers. Yeah. Won that. Yeah. So just, um so what was the maybe like the most high ho, high profile game you were at that you can remember? I mean, when he was in Portland, I I went to pretty much all the playoff games, would fly up there and mm-hmm. and go to those. I mean um, is it, I don't know if it was back then, but I heard something about like, I think Steve, Kerr, I don't know if it's like, this is just a Warriors thing or it's a, a team thing, but you can, you, you can bring like one person on the team plane a year or something like that. And, um, Drake flew on the plane as a guest with somebody through the Warriors. So was that ever a thing? Like you mm-hmm. could fly, like, I, I, I don't know that. Okay. I mean, okay. I, I'm sure it probably has happened, but I know none of my brother's family yeah. or anybody like that had, had flown. Yeah, I know the – I bet the logistics of the NBA, because I, I plan on interviewing him. but And that's the things I want to know. Like, I, I'm not going to ask him, like, those goofy questions that everybody wants to know. I want, like, specific questions. Yeah. Like, what – you know, I just watched an interview of uh, Draymond talking about how he w- he just he loves basketball. He just wants to play basketball. People don't know what happens every day leading up to the ball. You know, the ball is tipped. Right. You know, um, like from getting from waking up that morning to starting the game. There's a lot that goes into it, and it's stressful. And you know, like yeah. I said, the logistics of it. It's I want to know about that, like. Yeah, and I know, I know that at least for my brother, I mean, it, there's, it's a routine. It's mm-hmm. a routine, just like um, for for Tom, Dick, and Harry, who has to go to work every day. Yep. You know, I mean, I wake up, go throw water on my face, brush my teeth, grab my clothes when I'm aware. Well, grab my work clothes, go out to the kitchen, start putting my little lunch, my breakfast, my coffee. Go start my car up. You know, let it warm up, you know, it's winter time, and go to work. Yeah. You know, that's every day. And it's the same thing with, with, with basketball players and, you know, athletes. I mean, you wake up, especially game days, you got, you got a certain routine. Like, my brother used to eat a bowl of cereal <laughs> before, before every game. Really? Yeah, a bowl of cereal. And it's not just your little typical – like, his bowls were big. Mm-hmm. You know, so he's eating a big bowl of cereal every day. Um, now, from your perspective – um, like just being a professional athlete, it um, particularly probably, uh, just football and basketball, it kind of comes with a territory of um, temptation, if I should say. What what's your is that is that true? Is it oh, like 100%. is it true? You would like even more than that. It's like it people don't realize how bad it is. Like they yeah. can think, but it's you know yeah it's. I mean, 
Imagine doing what you love to do, mm-hmm. you know, and everywhere that you go, like, let's say girls throw themselves at you mm-hmm. on a regular basis just because they see you on TV all the time. Yep. You know, um, I mean, you go out to, I mean, have a eat dinner, you know, and there's somebody right there like, oh, my gosh, yeah. you know, like, mm-hmm. I mean, yes, it's probably worse than what people actually think, yeah. you know, at least my opinion. They can have, yeah, they can have their opinion, but once they see it, see probably it. Yeah. Oh. Have the way you saw it. Oh, absolutely. Okay. Like, I mean, I'd be standing there and even like my, my brother's wife would be right there and, you know, like just the way girls would look or, mm-hmm. you know, it's not just about going up and flirting, but like, you could say a whole lot by just moving your eyes or just the way you stare at somebody. Yep. You're like temptations is always there. Always there. In that aspect. In yeah. that aspect. Okay. Mm. Yeah, I, I wanna I had this plan like in my head and it's kind of funny. Um I had this plan. I was like, you know what? I'll, I'll try to interview Brandon and then like cause I, I'm usually, I'll go straight to the source, but with yeah. this, I've learned, like, had I come to you and said, hey, man, you want to be on a podcast, you might have been like, what? But if you hear it from Kirsten, Rachel, you know, people yeah. you're close with, you're like, huh, well, okay, okay, it doesn't sound as crazy as someone just coming up to you, if that yeah, makes no, sense. Yeah, absolutely. And so I was like, maybe, because I, I had it all planned out. I was like, if I could interview Brandon, and, you know, obviously some things happen, Um in between, but I was like, if I could interview Brandon, maybe Brian will listen to it. He'll be like, okay, you know, and then, but see, if I, when I do it with Brian, it's, I, I, I want it to be special. You oh, know? absolutely. Hear me out. You, you, you'll like this. Um, so I had, I was like, hmm. So Br- Brian's coming into town like late July and he's going to be there for a short period. How cool would it be? Because eventually, I've said this multiple times on here, I want to get this into video podcasting. Oh, yeah. So, you know, so where yeah. they see it. And I just told Tom in my last episode that eventually I want to shy away from the mic and stuff and just have yeah. a little mic. Little. And put, yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And then we're just, we're just having a normal have conversation. conversation yeah. Like get a couch down here or whatever. Yeah. Um, but uh, I want to get into video podcasting and a perfect situation would be Brian would be my first one on the video. Yeah. And I was like, if he's going to be in town and I'm off that week, somehow maybe I could get it to where I could interview him, like, on, like through video, mm-hmm. center court of the high school. Like, how cool would that have been? Like, oh, you, yeah. know, you know, interviewing him and asking him all these questions. And then, you know, some things happen with the house yeah. and whatnot. And... uh and then, come to find out, Kirsten told me, like, uh, she said, hey, you know, somebody's interviewing Brian for, an, for a documentary. And I, and they're like, yeah, they're doing it at the high school. And I was like, I wasn't even <laughs> mad. I wasn't even mad that it happened for them. It didn't happen for me. But it was like, I had a vision. And someone else also oh, had that vision. So it kind of made me feel well, good. There's, let, yeah. me, let, me, let me correct but, but, that. But, but, but I knew that. Like I said, the the it was a thin margin of one main thing getting him to do it because you know he's probably he probably gets interviews all the time. He, right. 
you know, being around him from what I have, he just wants to be left alone, you know. He's, like, he's just so he, he laid just, back. Like, he, like, yeah, laid back, he just wants to keep to himself. Yeah, yeah. That's it. So, um, but let me let me let me tell you mm-hmm. though, um, it's it wasn't that somebody else was interviewing him. Okay, the person that did that was B's cameraman. Okay, like B's working on putting together a documentary. Okay, so that interview was all set up by B. You know yeah. what I mean? So it wasn't like this person's ideal. Oh, okay. You see what okay, I'm saying? Okay, so, okay, I mean, okay. you still have your ideal. Yeah, I mean, okay. the circumstances are different, mm-hmm. even though the setting is still the same. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, it was, um, I mean, he may ask the same questions, yep. uh, but it wasn't like an outsider coming in saying, oh, let me interview, you know, Brian Grant at his high school, you know, in his high school yeah. gymnasium. You know, no, that's be basically like this dude's been following him for the past two, three years, really? maybe longer. So what's the... I mean, I, I, I don't know if you have, like, a, you can't talk about the documentary or whatever, but is it just about his life it, and his battle? Just life, yeah. Okay. Just, just life from, you know, being in the position that he was put in, mm-hmm. you know, coming from a small town, getting a D1 scholarship, making it to the NBA, you know, uh, married, divorced, Parkinson's, you know, all of that and where he's at in life right now. Like, it's just his story. You know, okay. and just like his book, you know, it's it's his story, it's his opinion, is how he sees things out of his eyes. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Okay. Doesn't make it right, doesn't make it wrong. It's just his point of view. Okay. Um, we got to wrap up here for a little bit, but um, is it going on like a streaming service or is it like uh, just on his website? What? No, um, when it's going to be done, I don't I don't know where he's going to put it. I, so he, he he's not rushing it at all. He's no, just, okay. Yeah, it's like, hey, I got this guy. Yep. You know where? Like he just came back from from Spain. Mm-hmm. On um, he was over there for almost a week, three to five days, something like that, over in Spain for the the World Organization, the World Parkinson's Organization, mm-hmm. right? So he just came back, and I'm sure that I don't know if I don't know if he went over there for that. Because even B would tell you, like, you know, when you become a star, you become an athlete in the U.S., Mm -hmm. you know, you're famous for playing basketball or playing any sports. Like, that's that's cool. That's that's one thing. But this is a totally different, different thing, you know. Not everybody makes it in in sports and athletics, Mm -hmm. right? Only there's a number. There is a number for people who who make it to that level yep. of, of competition. Parkinson's, there's no, you see what I'm saying? Yep. There's no number mm-hmm. that that will happen. So even B, I mean, being through what he's gone through, still gets kind of intimidated by that kind of a stage mm-hmm. where he's not around people who played basketball or played sports. You yep. know, this is people whose lives have been affected dramatically, mm-hmm. you know, in, in a negative way, you know. Okay, yeah. And now his his cause mm-hmm. from, you know, from playing basketball, his purpose is not about athletics anymore. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's not it's about like – yeah, his his mind has changed, mm-hmm. you know. Good. So and he's, doing a, and he's doing a great thing. Yeah, you know. yeah, he's doing – 
wonderful yeah. things with mm-hmm. that. Good for him. Good for him. Uh, is there anything else you want to say? Anything you want to put out? Whatever. Uh, no, nah, man. I I think uh, I like what you got going on. Yep. You know, I think it's it's pretty cool. I mean, you don't get get a lot of people, at least that I know of. And uh, but yeah. I'm just a little quiet guy that goes to work and <laughs> comes mm-hmm. does basketball. Um, but I mean, it's it's cool, man. Keep getting you people down here yep. to to interview. And I thought it was gonna be way down oh, down no, down. No, no, no. <laughs> L- luckily, it's just like a half mile. From yeah, me. I was like, okay, yeah. do I need to gas up because yeah. we're gonna go down? Yeah. But no, I, I think it's cool, man. I really enjoyed it. I you know, I think. You just helped me become much better. What you know yeah. at, at at speaking and at interviewing because even even though I was coaching in Felicity for five years, when we have our end of the year speech and I have to get up in front of the parents mm-hmm. and start talking, like I can feel my heart start yeah. racing, start beating, and I'll, I'll just start rambling, and you know words don't make sense to me. But like I didn't get that right now. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I didn't get that. And I, you know, it helps me. Do you have a name for your basketball? Training? Uh, no, you, you, you no, just, it's I like just yeah. Come see Brandon Grant at okay. the Rambler Center. Um, nothing like that. Uh, um, I will be getting back. They, I think they had some issues with the with the gym over the last week or so, but they did um, get it fixed. So I should be back there. If not Monday, definitely back Thursday. And okay, see how things. Progress. All right, cool, cool. All right, well, I believe that's it. Sounds good. Cool.